Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guests today, and we have on our podcast two people representing a fantastic leadership development firm called Stewart Leadership. Our first guest is John Stewart, who is the founder and CEO of Stewart Leadership, which he started in 1980. He is globally recognized as a leadership coach, consultant, educator, speaker, and team performance specialist. Under his guidance, Stuart Leadership is recognized internationally for its feedback assessments, training tools, and solid results-focused coaching services designed to guide teams and individuals to adapt, grow, and reach new levels of performance. And certainly when we're talking about bravery in the workplace, we're always talking about how to take action and how to get results. You know, we don't want to talk with people about things they could be doing differently or saying differently unless it achieves some type of results. So I hope that we'll talk with John and Daniel about that. John has published several articles, manuals, workbooks, and the three book award-winning Stuart Leadership Series. His title book, Lead Now, a personal coaching guide for results-driven leaders, won the National Indie Excellence Award for the best leadership book published over the last five years. What a fantastic award that that book has received. And I believe they are recently published their second edition. So I hope that we'll hear a little bit about that. Our second guest is the president of Stewart Leadership, Daniel Stewart, who is a sought-after talent management and leadership development consultant and coach with proven experience advising senior leaders, leading change, and designing leadership-rich organizations. He leads Stewart Leadership's extensive consulting practice, business development, and international partnerships. He is the co-author, so we know who he co-authored it with, of the award-winning book, Lead Now, a personal leadership coaching guide for result-driven leaders again, which was a recipient of that fantastic award. And he has published articles in Executive Excellence, Practicing OD, Proposal Management, and HR.com. So welcome to John and Daniel. And John, let's start with you. I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background and really what drove you to start this practice and some of the things that you're currently doing in today's marketplace. Ed, it's a pleasure to be with you. And Daniel, I'm always delighted to be with family as we have these opportunities. Uh, I'm particularly intrigued, Ed, with the whole premise of bravery in the workplace, bravery in our lives. There is so much that we see that the world could use significant improvement uh, and, and the bravery of the courage to want to make a difference 
the challenge that I've found is, is just exactly what is each of our own spheres of influence as we get frustrated wanting to make more change, make a difference, but we have to be realistic and practical. What we've found in our studies in leadership and working with organizations and people uh, internationally as well as domestically is <clears throat> trying to understand exactly what that influence is, what that sphere is because it can be very exasperating and frustrating wanting to make a difference, but we can't. And it goes back to the people that we deal with, the realm within our own family, within our own office, our department, our organization, the clinic, the agency, the school, classroom, whatever it might be. You asked a little of my background. I've been interested in leadership all of my life. It really started as a young boy when I was watching the whole debates between Nixon and Kennedy, trying to figure out what their leadership qualities were. And I've carried that with me as I continued throughout life to the point where it's my career, uh, four and a half decades, actually don't do the math on the age there. And I've had a chance to work with uh, two of my sons through this because we have four boys and Daniel is our oldest and president. And he and I have co-authored this book along with several other articles as we work throughout the world with our team in trying to help people make a difference in terms of understanding their own capabilities, their own styles, their tools, again, within whatever their realm of influence might be. That's a little of my background, and I love this. I should have retired years ago. I never will. This is my golf, and my passion is to help individuals across all kinds of industries, governments, educational institutions, understand what their capabilities are, how they can, in fact, make a difference. Well, thank you, John. And you mentioned a couple of things that we'll come back to in a few minutes. One is this sphere of influence, which is not something I think a lot of people think about at the workplace. They're so active on projects and goals and meetings and conference calls. They don't think about who they influence or who they are influenced by. And then this keyword that I think has a direct impact into bravery at work, which is a relationship, that your ability to give people tough feedback or say something that takes courage to say is better said when you have a relationship with that person versus just walking up to somebody you barely know and say, hey, can I tell you something that's going to be a little bit hard to hear? But again, we will come back to that. And I look forward to chatting with you about that. Daniel, let's hear a little bit about your background and how you are currently interacting in the marketplace. Absolutely. Thanks, Ed, for having us on. And uh, Dad, always a pleasure to hang out and work with you at any time. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have indeed the privilege of working with my dad and my brother, Peter Stewart, as well as lots of other consultants and coaches throughout the country. And in fact, with our global partners, all as we work together to help leaders align and be their best self every day. How to create a psychologically safe environment, how to build and construct teams effectively, and how to create an employee experience an inclusive employee experience where people can bring their best self each day. And that includes saying happy, positive things, but it also includes saying the tough, uncomfortable stuff, because that then enables all of us to challenge and to learn. And there's a healthy level of discomfort that we need to be able to have and foster so that we can learn, so that we can be our best self as we're continuing to make that leadership journey. So we really look at things as this leadership journey process and helping support leaders get there. Well, we have a ton of things that we could talk about today. So Daniel, remember this idea of the construct of teams and the role bravery might play in saying things that are hard to say because we have grown up in an era where everybody on the soccer team gets an award 
you know, there is no winners or losers, but, you know, everybody wins and that can provide some difficulties. John, I just want to go back to you for a few minutes. And I think our listeners would love to hear about this idea or this, uh, you know, this model called sphere of influence. You know, if you could tell us a little bit more about kind of what that is and our listeners need ideas and suggestions on how to be effective. So anything you can share on creating or improving a sphere of influence would be appreciated. Sure. Happy to. It means a lot to me. As I had mentioned before, if I am starting a coaching relationship with an executive or an educator or working a workshop with a group of individuals, often I'll have them take out a sheet of paper and just quick and dirty draw a big plus across the middle of that sheet of paper. Then put little arrowheads at the end of each of the four line segments. So now we have four vectors. I then have them put a circle at the middle intersection and write Y-O-U. That's where you are. Then at the top at 12 o'clock, I have them put a boss, B for boss at the bottom, D-R, direct reports. Over at uh, 3 o'clock, I may have them put a P for peers. And over at 9 o'clock, C for customers, internal or external. At the top of the paper, I have them write the four critical relationships. This is the sphere of influence that that individual has. And the ideal that Daniel and I, through Stuart Leadership, as you do, Ed, with your career and your efforts, is to try to help people become a complete, balanced leader, understanding where the limits of their influence are and where they aren't. So then I will have the individual, if I'm coaching, say, let's look at that top segment that goes from the middle of the plus up to the top, 12 o'clock. What is the relationship you have with your boss, your supervisor? Help me understand what that is. What is the communication tools, the vernacular, the currency that you use to relate to him or her? What's important to him or her? Begin to relate to that individual to help them succeed. Then I'll have the same with the direct reports at the bottom at six o'clock. Say, guys, this is a whole different relationship here. You can't talk to your direct reports, your employees, your team, like you would your boss. They relate to a whole different rate. They want to know if you support them. Do you have their back? Do you train them? Do you give them the resources? Are you cheering for them? Are you clearing out the obstacles so they can succeed? Then we do the same over at three o'clock with your peers, your teammates. Can you share a project? Can you be upfront with them? Can you share resources? Can you establish a trusting relationship so they don't feel you're going to stab them in the back or play some game behind their back and they can't work with you? Then it's the same with the customers, depending upon the industry. Are they internal or external? They want to have the most reliable, high-quality uh, output that you can probably be pro possibly provide. Ed, those four relationships are crucial. If we neglect one, it will bite us. It can almost be a career ending at some times. And we have to use different tools and different awareness and different perceptions in relating to each of the four of them. Beyond that, we can't change the government in Washington, D.C. We can't change a lot of social media influencers. We can't change somebody over in uh, Europe or Australia. But we can get so caught up with this bombardment of information that we're, we're hit with every day on the news that we feel like, what can I do with that? What can I do with these folks? What You can't. You recognize those four critical relationships are your sphere. That's where we want to focus. Well, I'm disappointed to hear that Stuart leadership cannot fix Washington. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, in my book, Drive Your Career, I talk about one of those spheres, which is your boss and the importance of having a positive relationship with your boss. And I don't mean best friends, but the importance that you as a 
a direct report knows as much about your boss's goals, objectives, both professionally and influentially. You know, where do they want to be? What do they want to do? How do they want to grow as much as you expected of them? You know, oftentimes, uh, because we don't think enough about the sphere of influence, we think the relationships are one sided. Like my boss is supposed to know all this, but I don't need to know that about my boss. But in reality, especially in today's more relationship-based uh, employment experiences, I think people are looking for these type of uh, relationships and shared perspectives with one another. Daniel, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, building on that, what we find is these four critical relationships, they are defined by different things. And it becomes problematic when we treat each relationship the same, because each relationship actually values something different. They consider something to be important that's different than others. So for example, the boss, we often term it, he or she is most interested around business results. That's what the role is, usually the financial, the operational success. Sure, they care about you as a person, but that's usually the language that they speak. So how do we understand how to manage up and use the language that they consider to be important. Also, direct reports your team. Yes, business results are helpful. However, the language that they speak is often more related to people results. And these people results are, are more about career development or the team dynamics, the overall engagement. And then as we look at peers, the third critical relationship, we often describe that as internal focus. That is the language of peers. They can say, great, I'm so glad you're hitting your numbers, and I'm so glad your team likes you. However, the language that I speak as your peer is more about process and handoff and resource allocation. And then the fourth critical relationship is really around that external focus. That's what we describe as they want to, the customer wants to be understood from, do you know my, my needs? Can you anticipate my needs? Do you understand the alternatives that we have? And what we find is, as people are able to treat and understand each relationship differently and uniquely, they're able to foster that relationship, thus creating more of a, of a commitment, more of that relationship to be able to have more tough and uncomfortable and learning-oriented conversations as well. Well, I love the model of boss, peer, customer, and direct reports. And when we think about bravery in the workplace and what I'm about to say, I am making up. But, you know, there are different reasons, as you're saying, Daniel, for not being brave with three of those groups, which might be bosses, peers, and direct reports. I might not want to be honest or brave with my boss because I'm feeling a job impact. You know, people think they're going to get fired. You know, we create all of these obstacles, which just aren't accurate, but that's just how we feel. I may not want to be honest with a peer because I believe I'll be damaging the relationship and now being, you know, creating a little bit more competition than I might want to have. And I might not want to be brave with direct report because I might undermotivate them and feel like, oh, you know, all he does is come in and say what's not going well instead of patting us on the back on what's going well. So, John, I'm just wondering from your perspective, when you think of that model and think of those three roles, and certainly customers are very important, but bosses, peers, and subordinates, and bravery in the workplace, uh, any thoughts or ideas on how people can approach those a little bit differently to make progress? Sure. We have found that people tend to, with the best of intentions, underestimate their own influence. 
and and they they disregard or they feel like what can I possibly begin to do? I'm one person. I'm one person in my community, in my nation, in my state, or one person in my organization, in my agency, my clinic, my department, my classroom. And yet they can, within that sphere of influence, across those four relationships that Daniel and I have already introduced, that the key is to recognize what your capabilities are. I go back to the old Socratic, the Socrates injunction of know thyself. What do you know about yourself that is strong? In the past, I remember a terrible, bad experience, seventh grade, worked my tail off, brought home my report card, all A's and a B minus. What do you think my dad, wonderful colonel in the army, love him dearly. What do you think he said? John, I'm so thrilled you got six A's. No. What did he say? What happened in English? How are we going to improve that next time? <laughs> That's human nature. We hear, we come out of a performance review with our boss, our supervisor. We find out that we're doing well in all these things that we knew of anyway. But what happened to this one customer relationship that we somehow screwed up with the best of intentions? Can we focus on the positives, the strengths that we bring to the workplace, to our home family environment, to the school board meeting, to the community, the Sunday school, whatever our involvements are, working with our lacrosse players that we're coaching, or do we focus on that one area and beat ourselves up and whip us left and right? Yes, we need to be aware, no blind spots, of what it is that we have in terms of development gaps, but let's also recognize 95% of the reason we're where we are today is because of our strengths. If we give some type of a 360 assessment or feedback to somebody and they come back three years later with a repeat and say, John, look, look, I've improved in this. Now, before I pat them on the back, give them a hug, I'll say, that's wonderful. But let's look at the, you know, you focused on the areas you're weak in. What about those things that your people overwhelmingly said, don't stop doing this? The three words that we often use in collecting feedback is stop, start, and continue. What do you want people to stop doing? What do you want them to start doing? What do you want them to continue doing? Keep that as kind of a guide within our personal lives and our professional lives. What is it that you want to stop, start, and continue in keeping a balance with your strengths, but being aware of the things that might harm a relationship or a work output uh, performance or service that make a difference? And this is one of the challenges so many business professionals face, John and Daniel, which is they don't think about circle of influence. I know I never did in my corporate career. I never took time to look at a whiteboard and put up a four box chart and say, okay, you know, who can I influence and who influences me? I don't think about stop, start and continue, which are very effective ways to do it. And John, just going back just for a minute to your starting observation, why do you think people underestimate their circle or their ability to influence others? You mentioned that people disregard or don't understand to the degree that they can have a positive influence on others. Any idea of why that is? I know we're not sociologists and psychiatrists, but I'm just wondering what your perspective might be. There's a, a shared characteristic across humanity, I'm sure. At the end of the day, we're getting ready to pack it up, crawl into bed, or just watch something or read something briefly. We look over the day and we did not acknowledge all the things that went well, all the things that we did do well, that we should pat ourselves on the back. It's that one thing, that one regret. Why did I say that? Oh, that didn't go well. I shouldn't have done this in the meeting. See, we're focusing on the negative. Yes, we can learn from the negatives, but we don't want the emotions surrounding them to whip us and prevent us from uh, wanting to uh, hit it hard the next day. 90% of that day went well. There's, you know, we look at baseball, the batting average, 
which baseball player can end a career or a season with a thousand batting average, which means they got hit every time they're up to bat. If you want Hall of Fame material, you get a lifetime batting average of 300. You're in the Hall of Fame. But you know what that really means? You have failed 70% of the time when you're up to the plate with your bat. You've hit a hit 30%, you're a Hall of Fame. Why can't we take that attitude into our personal lives? At the end of the day, yes, I made some mistakes, learn from them, but let's not beat ourselves up. But 70, we're better than those batting averages, or we wouldn't, we'd be fired. You know, (laughs) where do we look at ourselves in terms of what we can produce and accomplish in a given day? Let's focus on the strengths. That's, That's humanity. That's what we can do. We're mortals. We're not perfect. We're going to pause in our conversation with John Stewart and Daniel Stewart and ask that you join us on our next podcast conversation as we continue our conversation with them about things like circle of influence, team effectiveness, and how to be brave at work when there are differences in power and relationships. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.